to the Skeptic Wire. The Skeptic Wire, and you are listening to episode 164, recorded on the 28th of May, 2014. And my name is Donna Swafford. I will be one of your hosts tonight. And with me tonight is Greg Perrine. How now, brown cow? Are you calling me a cow? No. Okay, good. Because It's I might more be... just a gen... Okay, fine. Ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy. It was just We're a... now pirates. General greeting. No, that that's how. Isn't that how Graham Bell and Alexander Graham Bell said the, or no, the guy who invented telephones. Alexander Graham Bell. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was wrong about that. Um, damn, I can't edit that that out. Okay, um, said that you should answer the phone. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Yeah, that's how Mister Burns answers the phone on Simpsons. I haven't watched The Simpsons in like twenty six years, so. I wouldn't. Know. Okay. Okay. Well. How was your Memorial Day weekend? My Memorial Day weekend was spent pretty much uh, doing nothing. Okay. I kind of enjoyed it. I just laid around and watched movies and watched, you know, some old classics, introduced my kids to movies. Like, I mean, they'd already seen Ghostbusters. Right. But, you know. You subjected them to Ghostbusters 2, and they went, no! No. But, like, things like um, the Indiana Jones trilogy, because we don't count the fourth movie. That one just doesn't exist. Um, you know, and... Uh, read something that we will be talking about later. Uh, so, so you spent most of your weekend plowing through the internet, making yourself depressed. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. What about you, Greg? What did you do? Um, nothing much. Had uh, meals with some friends, and I did see the X-Men movie. And I did see that. I saw that on Thursday night. I had tickets for the opening, and I don't know if anybody in San Antonio listens, because this will be up before it goes on, but I was actually interviewed for a TV show called Film Flickers, which is on the CW channel here in San Antonio. Cool. So keep a watch. It should be on this coming week. So after... This is up, so Sunday at 9 p.m., whatever channel the CW is, <laughs> so. It may be something that is Googleable. I certainly hope so. All right. Because I got my geek on. I mean. It was mostly about the film, the X-Men film, or? We talked about the changes that they made to the canon. Obviously, I'm not spoiling anything here. Wolverine goes back, not Kitty Pride. It's okay. a huge problem in the canon. <laughs> but in general, I liked it. I like the fact that we can just erase that last X-Men movie, X3, last stand. We can just kind of get rid of that now. It does Doesn't... also kind of ignore the two Wolverine standalone movies. Yeah. Pretty much. So, but I enjoyed it. Like, it was. it's a good popcorn movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have a lot of fun at it. And that's what's, I mean, there are certain movies that make you a better person. And in fact, I'm going to go here off on a tangent the movie chef it is okay. a great little film it is john favreau's new film he's actually amazingly good in it 
It's total food porn, though, so make sure you eat beforehand, <laughs> because I made the mistake of seeing it on an empty stomach, and I had to go eat afterwards, because I was just like, <laughs> oh my goodness, those Cubano sandwiches look so good. <laughs> but this is a movie that makes you a better person. You've seen it. You, you grow with the movie, Chef. Days of Future Past is all about the big soda and the big popcorn and for two hours, your mortgage doesn't matter. Your student loans don't matter. All that matters is, is that you're in another world. It's a mission movie with some action set pieces. And for an action movie, it actually does fairly well in tying everything together and having a plot. Yes. Not just, okay, things blow up. Okay, two racist robots that you've never heard of before and Dinobots or, you know, that kind of stuff. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Not to make that too much of a comparison. Well, there. hold on. Because I did see A Million Ways to Die last night. I actually got invited to the press screening for A Million Ways to Die. That is the most racist, misogynist, horrible movie I've ever seen. And unfortunately, I laughed a little too much. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a movie that actually kills some of your brain cells. It had some really funny parts. And Seth MacFarlane's atheism truly does come out mm -hmm. because there is this whole scene and I'm about the hooker with the heart of gold and her boyfriend. Okay. And they refuse to have sex because of God. And it's hilarious. Okay. It is fucking hilarious. And you just sit there and you laugh. But he he also does bring up these things in the movie like cholera he's all like there are a million ways to die in the west you could die of cholera oh look you've got a cold well get the ear nail out and he talks about the pseudoscience of medicine before we had some of our you know inventions and and our ability you know as we grew in the medical technology and our medical knowledge the things that people did to you know cure things like the cold he pokes fun at it. Right. And it's that I think is what made the movie for me. Okay. That there's these these little jabs at the Western because it's such an iconic film style that these little jabs are made about really the West wasn't that good. Make fun of the format and the, the genre itself. Well, you know, having poking some fun with it, so being having some redeeming qualities. Right. And if you want to see Ewan McGregor and Ryan Reynolds just get shot and die before they even really get a word out. Oh, okay. It's good. And Gilbert Godfrey as Abraham Lincoln. Which okay. was a little disturbing. It's a little odd. Okay. But it's not a great movie. And you're <laughs> there are going to be parts that are racist and misogynist. But it, it's, it's got a certain amount of laughs. Gotcha. Okay. Hold on. This has been Film Corner with Donna Swafford. <laughs> I think Harpo is trying to tell us that it's time for a birthday. I think she wants to tell somebody happy birthday. Are today. you saying happy birthday? I, I do yeah. believe she is. All she wants is to get petted on the head. It's typical doggy. So the person whose birthday it is today was born May 28th, 1912. I'm guessing not alive. No, died in 1981. Apparently from complications kind of related to Alzheimer's, but 
She mm. was 68, 69, female, as I have let that out right now. Australian. No. A radio astronomer. In fact, the first female radio astronomer. I actually... Okay. No idea. She was I'm pretty sure Gary would have gotten it by this point, but he's not here No, tonight. I really doubt he would. She was involved with the radar-type research during World War II, but uh, basically went on to work on teams that did radio astronomy in the 40s and 50s. Her name was Ruby Payne Scott. Not the most famous astronomer, but one of the first women in the, in the field of radio astronomy. And also, when I was reading up on possibilities of birthdays today, I thought there was an interesting story behind why she may not have contributed more to the science of radio astronomy and astronomy in general. Yeah. Apparently, back in the day, the Australian Commonwealth's laws said that married women could not hold permanent job positions in the public service. So if you were a single woman, especially during World War II when all the men were off fighting, kind of like uh, League of Their Own kind of thing, that movie, you could get a job. But if you got married, whether or not they needed you or not, you had to resign. So in 1944, Ruby Payne Scott married uh, William Hall and uh, kept her marriage to him a secret for so a good six or seven years. And uh, apparently a lot of women had to do this, keep their marriage secret, because as soon as there were some questions about whether or not she was married or not, they made her resign. And she kind of came back as kind of a part-time provisional basis. Some say with some of the same salary or something like that, but probably not the same job prospects, not the same benefits or possibility of moving up in the world in the ranks of the scientists or whatever. And eventually when she was about to have her first child, she just decided to resign and move on to raise her children. After that, she only went uh, back to teaching, which is a good profession and we need more teachers, especially female teachers to be role models. But she did not continue in the field of radio astronomy because for some reason, if you're a married woman, you're not supposed to have a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of, um, well, shitty. <laughs> exactly. But she, like I said, she did contribute to the research of radar during World War II, which helped, obviously, defend Australia. And she was involved with the teams that discovered different type of radio bursts from kind of solar and stellar astronomy kind of stuff from radio bursts and stuff like that. That's really cool. So maybe not full on kind of we've got we've talked about Nobel laureates and stuff like that in the past. Not yeah. quite that high level of, you know, oh my goodness, brilliant Albert Einstein kind of person, but contributed to science and was pushed out before her time because of silly stupid rules. Yeah, and imagine what she could have done had she not been yeah. pushed out. Apparently, she was under investigation by the Australian government during the Cold War as possibly being a communist and because of her feminist leading kind of activism or something like that. But she never really gotten in trouble for that. It was just the secret marriage. Yeah, you know, that's the sort of shit <laughs> that I just 
really hate to hear. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a, a little, I don't know, caveat announcement before we start talking about our next subject. Uh, because we are going to be dealing with Elliot Roger, the, the shooter of Isla Bonita. The Santa Barbara incident right. that happened this past weekend. I'm going to try and keep my feminist rants <laughs> to a minimum. I've done a lot of research about this, but I cannot guarantee that some of my viewpoints will not be assertively expressed. Right. <laughs> cannot guarantee that. Um, I will try. I'm, I'm wearing my skeptic hat as, as much <laughs> as possible here, but my inner CJ Craig right now, they killed the women, is kind of coming out a little bit. This is one of those topics where... You know, if we're talking about the latest, I don't know, radio astronomy discovery or something like that, we can be just passionate about the science and talk about the good news and all that and be emotionally distant from it. These kind of things, like I think when we talked about the um, Sandy Hook shootings and stuff yeah. like that, our emotions came out and that sort of thing, and that's just going to happen. Before we get into the details of maybe listeners who are international and aren't following the story or this is three years from now and you forgot what the hell happened. Hopefully nobody forgotten. I thought it was interesting before we get into those details, the the different reactions just you and I seem to have to this story. Where, I, I think that I've had a much more visceral reaction to it. I think we both had visceral reactions, but that caused you to want to read into it and find out and know more about it. So you could under understand as best you could what was going on and find out what was the mindset of the person going on where as me i retreated i was like i know this guy's a you know nutter I, I, you know I, I i saw the evidence of what his views were why he said he did it and i've seen all that kind of stuff before and i said you know what fuck it i'm gonna binge watch something on netflix this weekend i am I, I know please, it happened. Please tell me it was House of Cards. Please tell me it was House of Cards. I, I have already binge watched House okay. of Cards. So it was That's just, like my new favorite show. I, apparently, for some reason, my brain decided to do a Simon Pegg uh, marathon this weekend. That's so. still cool. <laughs> so um, it, it was interesting to me just our, our different reactions to well, just the news story itself. My my thing was is that it blew up on my, my Facebook um, that was the first place that I heard about it and everything else. And I really do believe in, unless you've researched it, mm -hmm. and unless you can make your arguments coherently, consistently, and back them up, that you don't go just spouting off idiocy on the internet. And I saw a lot of that. Right. Kind of you know, like a couple of weeks ago when... Patton Oswald started doing this Twitter essentially prank. He was sending out tweet messages of apologies for messages that he said he deleted, but he never sent out in the first place of, you know, Oh yeah. What I said was, you know, that was horrible. That was racist or, you know, and, and apologizing for something that never happened. And then people who had no idea what was going on, just let their imaginations go wild and blew up at him over nothing. Okay. Whereas this, there is actually something going on and people are just spouting things right. off the top of their head. So, like I said, for those of you who are three years in the future from this recording or have lived overseas or have been, you know, I'm going to put this 
living under a rock for the past week. Ostriching for the weekend, yeah. What happened is, is Elliot Roger went on a rampage. He killed his three male roommates. He killed two women that he found on a street. He killed a guy in a convenience store and then killed himself. Right before he went on his rampage, he put up a 141-page manifesto outlining every wrong that had ever been done to him from the time he was born. Now, there have been things out in the media that have said that he is on the autism spectrum, that he was on several psychotropic medications, that he's a nutter, he's this, he's that, da da da. I have not heard anything from his psychotherapists, his psychiatrists, whatever, confirming or denying that. So to me, that argument is out. You don't armchair quarterback psych- psychiatrics. I recommend reading his manifesto. It's pretty easy to read, but I can sum it up this way. Girls don't like me. I'm still a virgin. All the pretty people are having sex, but I'm not having sex. And how can people have sex with black people and Mexicans when they're not having sex with me? That's his whole manifesto. That's it in a nutshell. He is mad at his sister for having sex with somebody. She, you know, she was putting it out there. He was worried that his younger brother was going to surpass him and had made plans to actually kill his stepmother and his younger brother. He blames girls from the time that he was 13 years old and basically said, this is when I got my sexual awakening and it's this girl that started this chain of events that went on for nine years. Nutter. I don't know exactly how he is nutty, but normal people don't do this. A lot of what you've just said over the last minute or two, the, the, the term that keeps floating up in my head on each thing you've said, and I know this has come up in various writings or whatever, the, the main word is entitlement. Yes. The idea that because he is a man, because he is a white male, because he is a white straight male, that he is entitled to the girl, the really, really pretty girl, forget those uggos or, right. you know, and that he not just deserves it, but there's something wrong if he haven't had it on a timetable that he's thinking of. And that justifies whatever he's going to do next. Right. And he says that he says, if one of these girls had put out for me, this would not be happening. Okay. He, he says this. Mm-hmm. He also is like, well, my mom is to blame because she had the chance to remarry into a richer family, which would have gotten me money and prestige and all of these things that would have ensured me into getting these pretty blonde girls. Because poor people never have sex? He had a very strange way of looking at the world. He believed that if he had money, he would get sex Or just that he deserved having sex. This was his entire worldview. A sexual conquest was all that he cared about. But you can't go to a prostitute because they're damn dirty sluts. He wanted the, 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 you know, 
how do you what's the 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 virgin whore the yeah the 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 yeah the princess in the kitchen and the whore in the bedroom right and that is what he wanted and he the thing about it is is people are coming out now and saying well he was raised in this highly privileged society so it was expected of him to have these conquests and everything else it's and people are going well it wasn't the misogyny he was you know maybe he was gay maybe he was this maybe he was that no he spells it out in detail right i'm doing this because other people are having the sex that i deserve he spells it out and he says if any of these women that i had met and i had encountered in this time had just given me the time of day and kissed me and loved me and fucked me this never would have happened and i've heard people saying well women look at what happens you're to blame for this shit so this is where i warned people that i was going to be a little bit on my feminist <laughs> That's literally heard pretty much people the, saying the burqa attitude of you know yeah if you're not wearing a burqa if you're not covering yourself up then that means you're giving yourself to the men and you deserve anything that happens to you or well no this statement yeah. is is that if any one of us had put out for him this wouldn't have happened so we're to blame so a madman goes on a crazy shooting spree right shooting and knifing spree because he actually killed his roommates with a knife it's 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 no longer his fault apparently it's you know some blonde girl at ucsb who who he saw in a fucking starbucks there seemed to be some obsession with a specific sorority yes, in the neighborhood um, i believe it is alpha phi and he, his obsession with them is that there's where all the blonde pretty girls went mm-hmm. they all were part of the alpha phi but the two girls that were actually murdered on the street were a member of the tri-delta society which fyi i'm an alumnus of the tri-delta tri-delta okay. everybody else has ha 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 i can tell the joke gotcha <laughs> Because what happened is, is that he went up and he was virulently banging on the Alpha Phi door and they wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, a lock and a keypad and everything else. He couldn't get in. So he turned around and attacked two women walking down the street. Because they were there. Yep. This has gotten... It, it's gotten a lot of press. I mean, everybody from... Seth Rogen to Joe the plumber has has weighed in on this. Well, Which, part of part of what we were talking about in like the entitlement or whatever is there is something to be said to a certain extent that the media culture and the entertainment culture we work in we live in always emphasizes the the guy gets the girl and that's what makes him a a, a real man. Right. The, the rom- romance movies that it'll just happen magically and you know if you're just if you, essentially there's a lot of stalking especially in like you know uh say anything type 80s and 90s movies of you know if you just keep following the girl you'll get the really really pretty actress or whatever so there's a lot of talk about oh the uh, there's just like any other incident there's a talk of oh the movies are to blame or whatever and apparently someone blamed Seth Rogen's Movie Seth Rogen's and, and Judd, well, the Judd Apatow mm-hmm. films, where it is the the not-so-handsome guy, a little overweight, a little careless in his appearance and hygiene, 
gets the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. You know, and but this has been in movies it's time the, and time again. The Homer Simpson effect. <laughs> right. But, you know, when you look at some of these movies, and I'm going to use one, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, when the guy puts on the Star Wars helmet and gets the girl, guess what, guys? That's, That's rape. rape. Yeah. I'm just going to call it like I see it. If the woman thinks that you're somebody else... It's not cute and it's not funny and she's not going to fall in love with you. FYI, that's rape. Right. Don't do it. <laughs> but the idea that because it's in a movie... It's okay? It, well, not only just that it's okay, then it's only the movie that's to blame. Because we've got everything throughout our culture, everything from the sexism in religion of that men are to be revered and women are second-class citizens and the culture wars over birth control and abortion in the country saying that you know women don't have the right to their own bodies kind of stuff that is a through line of all the cultural discussions we always have that women should be subservient and they're they're second-class citizens and all that kind of thing it's not just movies fault it it does it's more a symptom of the major problem that we're going through that is the movies are another symptom they're not the cause i would say that films are a microcosm Mm -hmm. of what's happening in the world people can and do make movies where you know they're trying to reflect things like let's pass the bechdel test or something like that let's keep in mind that we do have these problems in our culture Let's try to make a movie that is better about that. Not all of them, but there you can make a movie that doesn't follow those cliches. Exactly. And the only thing that I can say about this is that this didn't have to happen. These guys' warning signs were all over the place and apparently very recently before this happened the police had been called to his place because people were worried about his mother his rantings his or something. mother called the police the police went and checked on him and he pulled the no there's nothing going on here everything's okay mm-hmm. i'm fine yes i'll call my mom the and the, then the police <laughs> left the and quiet he, white white guy defense right yeah. And he writes in his manifesto that if that police officer had stepped in, if that officer had gone five feet and looked around his apartment mm-hmm. and had read what he was writing and saw the guns in his room, this would have been stopped. Yeah. That's the problem. And and this does tie into s- some other issues that are kind of tangential to this of... Honestly, if he wasn't a white guy, the police would probably have gone in and looked around. Right. Despite, you know, no warrant or whatever, they probably would have gone ahead. And in this case, it would have been good, but still, there shouldn't be that double standard. Kind of like how you see a white guy walking down the street, you don't walk to the other side of the street, but somehow Trayvon Martin deserves to be killed. Right. Because he's wearing a hoodie. And that was, that's one of the things that, I mean, we kind of touched on it just a bit ago, but one of the things on here, he, Elliot Rogers was not just a misogynist. He was a racist. 
He was also a classist. Mm-hmm. Anybody who was beneath his station, beneath his privilege, mm-hmm. this is a guy who is, I, I, the only word that I can use is privilege. He was a upper middle class, white male, mm-hmm. drove a BMW, could afford $300 sunglasses, had trips all over the world. I mean, he visited Africa, Europe, Asia. He had, he had what most people can't even imagine having. And again, it it's, it shows that entitlement of because he had that much riches, it felt that he could look down on anybody and that would excuse his behavior. Right. And his answer was, I need to be richer in order to get girls. I spent thousands of dollars playing the lottery hoping that he would win. Now, anybody who's taken a statistics class will <laughs> tell you the lottery is simply a tax on people who don't understand statistics. <laughs> Okay, but he would literally spend thousands of dollars trying to make the money or trying to win the lottery. This was a guy who didn't have to scrimp and save and eat ramen at college. This was a guy who dumped I don't know how many classes. He gives out like he literally would go into a class and if there was a obvious couple in the class he would dump the class because he was so overwrought by seeing Mm -hmm. a couple in love and it grew and it grew and there were warning signs he talks about how he threw orange juice at people that he saw walking down the street being in love he talked about how he would get so enraged and would go off to his room and cry for days because there were people in love he got into a physical fight at a party and was basically thrown out a window, broke his leg, which actually stopped his first planned day of retribution because he couldn't carry it out mm-hmm. because you know, he ended up with surgery and, and all of this. Shit. It baffles my mind when somebody articulates so clearly what his intent was. Mm-hmm. Not only through his writing, but through his actions. And had one person, his parents, his therapist, because this is a guy who had multiple therapists. He had people trying to coach him in how to act appropriately in social situations. Nobody, nobody caught a fucking clue that they had a time bomb on their hands. Sometimes it's very easy for these kind of people to, to hide behind a mask of what how they feel they should behave around other people and then this kind of pressure cooker starts building up and explodes in unexpected ways right and unfortunately like the sandy hook thing like the uh columbine or whatever sometimes even though there's obvious warning signs it's really is hard to tell who is going to blow up at one of these times right he followed all these uh, men's rights advocates, pickup artists kind of websites. He posted all sort of stuff. But every day we see all the vast amounts of bile and shit that are just posted on YouTube. Right. And those are all clear warning signs that someone is not quite right in their head. 
because maybe it's because they're reacting to an avatar. They don't realize it's another human being on the other side. But those are all warning signs. And sometimes where there's so much warning signs, it's hard to see which one is the actual one that's going to lead to something else. Right. Exactly. You kind of touched on it. You started it. He was a member of the website PUA Hate. Pickup Artist Hate. Which I would think would be someone who hates pickup artists. but Well, he didn't want to, quote, play the game. He felt that was, you know, once again, beneath him. Well, now, yeah, because you, you describe, like, the wanting to win the lottery, uh, wanting to spend money to get the girl and all that kind of stuff. All that screams of not just the entitlement stuff I've been harping on for the last half hour, but also the... I need the quick fix pseudoscience. Right. If I just get the lottery, I am going to get the girl. If I just get the car, I am going to get the girl. If I just learn the right pickup artist way to neg a girl or something like that, and that's N-E-G for yeah. negative complimenting, whatever the hell that is. If I just learn that one technique, boom, simple answer, I will get the girl. And it's, that is just yeah. such pseudoscience. Well, I'm going to give you an example of a neg. It's the... Hey, girl, I don't usually like costume jewelry, but on you, it works. Right. That's so it's, it's, the, it it's, sounds like a compliment in its tone, but its words are obviously you're wearing costume jewelry. Right. You're not, you obviously can't afford real diamonds, real pearls, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's what a neg is. Um, just for our listeners who are. Who are yeah. better than that. <laughs> I would like to think that all of our listeners are better than that because we have some of the smartest listeners in the world because they yep. listen to us. All just... 15 of them. <laughs> but he also read the book, The Secret, which we've talked about before, where it's this, I haven't read The Secret. I cannot comment on its But everybody ideas. pretty much knows the basic idea of the law of attraction. Shin. If you... Think of something hard enough and you want it badly enough, it will come to, to you, you because you deserve it. And that was something that he commented that he read. And then he read another book about the law of attraction. And he was like, I just don't understand why it's not working for me. I want this. I want this. I want this. And it's very obvious from his writing. He really wanted women. <laughs> yes. Okay. So tangential side here. Fuck you, Fox News, who said maybe he's a homosexual. No, he very clearly stated that he wanted women. Right. And he hated men who were able to get the women that he deemed were of class and, and station for him. Because he kind of had the no uggos, no fatties rule, mm -hmm. you know. Now, these kind of men's rights, kind of pickup artist kind of people, they do have a lot of anti-homosexuality, anti-non-macho men kind of thing, which is a hallmark of a lot of kind of people who deny that they're really gay. Yeah. You know, the, the typical kind of Republican congressman who's against gay marriage, who's caught fucking a guy in a bathroom. Oh, you mean uh, the, the toe tap under yeah, the stall? Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So in on one side, you can kind of take a step back and say, well, could it be... No, looking at all these writings, according to you, Donna, it's pretty clear that he's not he's not in conflict over, you know, do I really want women? Maybe I want guys instead. It is, this is the thing I want, and I am obsessing over it. And because 
he's this there's a, a term that seemed to be come around on these articles of incel involuntary virgin yeah because he's that he that justifies any actions he can do whether it's pickup artist kind of treating a woman like shit or whatever that it justifies everything well on one of these mra websites now i'm gonna say that i i'm a huge men rights activist but not in the traditional MRA sense, okay? I believe that men should have equal opportunity in custody battles, that children should not necessarily go to their mother as the rule. Because the general rule is when there is a custody battle, the child goes with the mother. I know lots of mothers who, who should not. Should not. Yeah. And great men who deserve custody of their children, who want custody of their children. But what you're describing is, is actually feminism, which right. is equality and everybody should be right. treated I, I'm, the same. I'm very much yeah. an egalitarian, but I am also very staunchly a feminist. But I do believe that there are certain respects of our society where men's rights have slightly eroded. Custody battles being one of them. Now, with that being said... It's a vast minority of the problem. Right. Yeah. When you read these MRA sites which I am not going to bother to mention, go Google them. You can find them on your own <laughs> because these places are, there is no more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> That's the only way that I can put it. These are, women are to blame for every problem in society. Yeah. I, it still goes back to that idea of the quick fix that I'm not to blame. Someone else is to blame. So I don't have to think about myself or analyze what's going in on my head. So Problem solved. It's someone else's fault. Right. One of these MRA sites states, if Roger came to me, he would have received actionable and effective advice. He would have been exposed to material detailing how socially corrupt American society has become and how being a beta male provider, his principal strategy in getting light is no longer useful in achieving intimacy with women who now see men as entertaining clowns that should provide them with excitement, drama, and tension. After these truths would be painfully delivered to Roger, he would have to make the personal choice to accept them or not, but based on his intelligence level, I have no doubt that he would, as it would match what he saw on campus as what he termed obnoxious, i.e. alpha, men getting the girls that he wanted. And that's this, just, that's rife with a whole lot of just fallacies and logical fallacies most of which is kind of the the no true scotsman if he didn't succeed in his pickup artist stuff his game whatever that meant he wasn't a true alpha male he was a beta male because he didn't succeed and it's kind of the it's kind of like if you don't pray hard enough to get cured of your cancer from god that means you did it wrong right. yeah he did it wrong he wasn't enough of an alpha male that's why he didn't get the women as opposed to other issues that may have been going on with him. So he wasn't really one of us. So don't blame us men's rights advocates kind of right. stuff. The, he also, this website goes on to state, according to his manifesto, all he wanted was a date. One date. Take a look at his words. And he goes, I was hoping I'd get some answers from girls. In fact, a small part of me was even hoping that a girl would see one of my videos and contact me to give me a chance to go on a date. That alone would have prevented the day of retribution. Okay. There no. is 141 yeah. pages of him going, <laughs> I'm a helpless virgin. 
I just want to get fucked. I beat off all the time. I do all of these things. I have the fancy car. I have this. I have that. Blah, 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 blah. Why won't a girl fuck me? Why is my little sister getting fucked by a black man? Why is this guy getting, you know, getting the hot chick? Oh my God, a Mexican? Oh, oh, that's terrible. They should not be allowed to have sex. And he actually went on and said, women are irrational animals that deserve to have all of their choices taken away from them. He, if you cannot, te- you cannot tell me that that's not misogyny, right? To say women don't deserve any choice in their life that they should. Ba- he goes on to say, basically, we should all be putting camps and al- only allowed to reproduce, right? And basically being taken away from men, and that men should run society. I mean, it was some serious hardcore yeah. like. <laughs> I was all like, I can't believe I'm actually reading this in 2014. It it touches a lot on what I was saying about kind of the, the general conversation we, we always have as a culture of the discussion of women's reproductive rights and um, social rights and equip, equal pay and whatever. When you got the people who are opposing equal pay or opposing abortion or, or reproductive rights or whatever they paint with a really sloppy brush with how they're talking about women that women don't know any better or they have magic ovaries that shoot down rape sperm with lasers kind of stuff that encourages this kind of thought that just says well everybody else kind of talks this way it must be right even though the guys i'm talking with maybe it's a little bit more extreme but hey there's all this other stuff saying that women aren't good enough and can't control themselves and men can't control themselves around women and that sort of thing it's not surprising that he would keep going with that right and there are people out there saying that this is going to happen again that because our society has become so feminized and that men like roger elliot roger cannot get sex that this will happen again and that just right that's i have no words that is that is bullshit i have gone long long stretches in my life including right now without having sex that hasn't made me want to go kill people so the idea that because a man can't have sex and he's sexually frustrated that means that a rape that would happen or a killing spree is makes sense. It doesn't. Right. If, if you teach someone to treat everybody, man, woman, child, old, whatever, as people, as we're all humans, part of one big tribe, you, it's, it's really kind of this tribalistic thinking of we men, we strong, we beat these women literally and metaphorically of we're dominant over them we should rule as opposed to thinking we're all together and even a wider thought of thinking you know the entire ecology of the of the earth is all part of one big system we're part of the world we're not just separate from the animals so the the idea that this the tribal thinking of we're separate that means we're better and we can talk down about the people who are the other the out group right and leads to this kind of brutal thinking it's just, there's, 
there's a lot of blame being posted about we can blame it on he may have been autistic there's a lot of blame being posted that no he's not a misogynist even though clearly from his manifesto that he is or if he is a misogynist that still does not mean that misogynists are bad people or whatever right and there's been a huge argument that i have personally seen of oh well he couldn't have been a misogynist because he didn't just kill women. But okay. all that kind of thinking is what led to his rage, which he just unleashed on everybody. Right. He he was misogynist about women, which meant he was jealous of other men and thought that they should be killed. Out of the seven people that were killed, five were men, mm -hmm. including himself. I am including him in this. Three of those people were his roommates whom he saw as he had to kill them because and i'm offhandedly quoting him i'm not going to get it exactly his plan was to kidnap the pretty girls and bring them back to his apartment so he could torture them torture the other guys were competition they were no, in the way they would have seen and they would yeah. have stopped him so he had to kill them so that he could torture yeah. These people torture women. Mm -hmm. But, oh no, he's not a misogynist because he killed men too. He didn't, he killed them out of convenience. It was a means to the end. Yeah. And so hearing all of this, it's, oh, well, it's not like it was in the 50s or the 1890s or whatever. Women have everything. No, we don't. <laughs> it's like saying that Barack Obama is president, therefore racism is done. Right. Ugh. And there is so many things out there that you go when you look on the internet and if you start reading these about how women are treated in this society, yes. Example, I'm a big hotshot producer. I make movies. I work in a man's world and, and everything else. But guess what? I occupy 10% of that working population. Me, women, 10% of that working population. You go to the movies. How many of them actually pass the Bechdel test, which is not that fucking difficult. <laughs> they can talk about the goddamn weather. They could talk about a hockey game. Right. That's, that's all. But they don't pass it. It does. It All this should bring about a bigger discussion on why our culture treats women differently than men or and in a bad way compared to men. Uh, something that has grown out of this, it, this incident was the growth of the, I think it's the yes, all women hashtag. Yeah, hashtag yes, all women. And, and the hashtag not all men we'll not get to all that. men are we'll, we'll get to that in a second but there are a lot of good discussions coming out of this and some crappy discussions and crappy blogs and stuff like that but like the tragedy of Sandy Hook hopefully tr trying to bring gun violence more to the public discussion and maybe something happened to it that didn't work that failed right as much as these suck 
these incidents show just how much we need to have a discussion about this. We can't ignore it. And yet there is something to be as much as something like the yes, all women hashtag brings this, keeps it in the, uh, the public mindset of, we need to keep talking about it. And I welcome the women friends who I have who send out tweets about why we need to talk about feminism yes all women because of this happened to me because of i'm 10 percent of the working population in film industry or or whatever it keeps it in the mindset but on the other hand it's just a hashtag like the bring back our girls hashtag which came under a lot of right. fire it's only a start and it can't stop there it is it is the epitome of slacktivism yes. okay you know Hashtag bring back our girls. It can be a great tool, but we have to keep moving. Right. That it's a great starting place. And it is a great way to to familiarize yourself with some of these issues. Mm -hmm. The women in Nigeria that were kidnapped just for wanting a fucking education. You know, um, Malala, another prime example. I mean, she's an amazing young woman. Who fought for educational rights in Afghanistan. And is still fighting. Yep. And she totally deserved the peace prize. <laughs> I'm still mad that she didn't get it. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm going to... Uh... She can still be nominated. Yes. But anyway. But helping these causes. Helping the, the cause of equality. Not making this a third wave feminist world where men are shit. Right. Because in my work, I'm the only female. Nine times out of ten, unless there's an actress on set, guess what? I'm it. This is the boobs. This is this is it. Right. The people that I hang out with mostly, I hate to say this, all have a penis. Because those are the people that I hang out with. Those are the people that I'm comfortable with. I'm probably one of the, actually the biggest misogynists around because I really hate hanging around women because I don't find shoes that interesting. I, I barely watch Sex in the City. I, you know, I don't get these traditional girl things. You, you don't like the mainstream women image and and i hate culture. fucking romantic comedies i hate them <laughs> i just want them to go away because right. my my line is guess what you have a life you have more mm-hmm. to give than to get married and play pretty pretty princess with your daughter and the important thing you're saying about right now is that women just aren't one thing they aren't just that romantic you know sex in the city shoe loving you know purse buying stereotype there is a vast spectrum of what women are into right of you know you have your tomboy women you have your uber feminine women and everything in between and there's nothing wrong with any of that despite what these men rights advocates say that you know women who aren't uber feminist and docile and and all that aren't the right kind of woman Right. Well, the idea that there is a right kind of woman, a right kind of man, a right type of gay person who's only into bathhouses and banana hammocks or something. I, you know, I, most of the gay men I have met met my life 
are, you know, just average nerdy guys who into Dungeons and Dragons role playing games or just play the viola in a symphony or something like that. Right. They're, they're not the stereotypical San Francisco flaming across the sky like a meteor. Hello! Exactly. That is not all gay men and not all women are all one thing. And the idea that that's the only image we should present in movies or the only women who could be on a movie set are the actresses, whether or not they're the super uber pretty starlet, that for some reason a woman being an executive producer or a director is a surprise still, that yeah. should not happen. The the fact that in, what is it, close to 85 years of Oscar, I'm not exactly sure how many years of Oscar we've had. I believe 1929 was the first year of Oscar. You know a hell of a lot better than I would. So I believe it was 2829 was the first year of the Oscar. In that time, we've had one female win Best Director. Mm -hmm. and, and part of that is because half of that time, just women weren't allowed. Right. But In addition, since then, she it did changed. a movie... That is very men-centric. Okay. Catherine Bigelow did the movie Hurt Locker, which is a very traditionally male. It is a movie about... It's an army movie. <laughs> it's a movie about or explosive ordnance guys, the bomb squad of the army, doing shit in Iraq. So mm -hmm. there's shit blowing up. It is what we would call a traditional men's romance film. <laughs> That's what I call, you know, because where we want all the shoes and the kissing. Supposedly. Supposedly. Men want bombs. Bombs, explosion, and boobs. <laughs> there's no boobs in it, but there's lots of explosions. It's it's a good movie. Jane Campion, who was nominated for the piano, didn't win, which is a great movie. It's, it's a story. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about the Hurt Locker. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I'm i all for Catherine Bigelow having won it. And she has a history of doing more male-oriented films. I mean, she did Near Dark, which is probably one of the best vampire movies ever written. Okay. Um, has most of the cast of Aliens in it. Very weird. Thing. But she did this great vampire movie. She also did uh, the submarine movies, K-something, The Widowmaker. Okay. That movie alone, because it was such a box office bomb, she almost, I mean, she had to mortgage everything to the hilt to get to make Hurt Locker. Mm -hmm. She turned around and did the new, the, the latest war movie about Iraq and Afghanistan. I can't remember what it, but she did that too. She has a history of making men-oriented films. As opposed to Jane Campion, who wrote this great story about a deaf woman where you got to see Harry Keitel's pee, pee but that's a whole other side note. Little getting, uh, get a little tangenty there. <laughs> you would think the listeners by now would notice that I get a little tangential. Yeah. But even these movies that are like that, look at the evolution of Princess Leia. Princess Leia in the first one was kick ass. In A New Hope, she... Stood up to Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin. She was all like, sure, shoot me up with true serum. I'm still going to lie to you. All while not wearing a bra. Right. She saved Han Solo and Luke Skywalker by sending them into the garbage pit. She saved their asses. She had plans and she could make them on the fly and she made decisions. Fast forward to Return of the Jedi. 
two times she's the damsel in distress. distress. <laughs> exactly. So we have this. And now that Disney has bought the Star Wars franchise, do you know what one thing that, that's happening? You know that not in the Disney stores with the new Star Wars that's coming out, there's a whole bunch of toys that are already being pre-produced. Do you know that there's not a Princess Leia doll? Well, it's bad enough that there's really only one female character in those movies. Main right. character, but yeah. And of the actors that have been announced for the new Star Wars film, once again, we have one woman. I think one person of color. Yeah, exactly. Not even Lando's coming back. Well, yeah. But, I mean, all of this uh, what, this little tangent we've got onto as fun as it has been, it still talks about the idea of just how pervasive the idea that it still is that men are in charge. So that means they should still be in charge, which is a further argument for things like affirmative action and title nine type stuff, which I've heard some arguments. We need to extend that beyond just sports and into things like movie making or whatever to say, Hey, let's try, let's push a little bit more for getting more minorities, more women in equal roles in this and fighting for things like equal pay and and kind of blind insurance programs that it doesn't matter if you're a woman doesn't mean you should have to pay more for insurance. Let's make everybody pay and cover the costs. That's my own little side kind of insurance rant, but let's enact these kind of programs to try to fix the inequalities of the past, despite what these entitled kind of old school KKK, religious, or Tea Party, I am saying those as distinct groups, not necessarily all people in religious are Tea Partiers or KKKers, or these men's right advocates' ideas of saying, no, we're, we've are we always been in charge, so we should remain as either religious or Republican Tea Party or men type guys. Because we've always been in charge, we should still be in charge. Let's not try to fix this. Right. But incidents like this where someone can go to this much of an extreme to kill people because he thinks he should get sex show how much of a problem is that we really should fix. Right. That it's not this vast conspiracy. Going back to the, the media is a microcosm of, of the world. Washington Post critic, movie critic, Ann Hornaday actually put out this. She wrote a thing basically saying it's a sad reflection of what the screen is and maybe that prompted Elliot Rogers to do this. And she specifically called out Judd Apatow. Right. Judd Apatow is known nowadays. He did, you know, he does schlubby guy gets girl movie, usually with Seth Rogen. And she called both of them out wrong. I'm going to call her out. I'm going to say, yes, the idea that this schlubby guy always gets the girl may have influenced i don't want to even say that i think that that's too strong of a word just he, reinforced the same ideas over and over and over again right that still doesn't entitle somebody to go out and kill people and to say specifically it's movies like judd apatos mm -hmm. no there are you're wrong i i am i'm gonna agree with this because Seth Rogen actually called her out and said, hey, you cannot just blame us. Yeah. There are plenty of other movies out there that are saying, hey, be nice to each other, be kind, do good things, be good to your friends, and don't kill anybody. 
no one is saying, well, that's what's stemming back the tide. They're blaming these other movies. And and you can't kind of say that it's all this fault. Right. You there, This guy, at whatever emotional problems, or maybe he was under treatment, whatever, he was still in his right mind. This was all premeditated. He knew what he was doing. He did not think that these two women on the street outside the sorority were pterodactyls trying to attack him. He knew who they were and decided to kill them on purpose. It is not an accident that you can blame a subtle influence of a college jock movie, whether it's Revenge of the Nerds or the uh, the Neighbors, I think is the new yeah, movie. Yeah, that's kind the of. new Judd Apatow. You, you can't really put it on just that. Yes, society has an influence, which what's we've been talking about for the last hour or so, of just how pervasive this problem is, and it's reflected in our choices of movies, but that doesn't mean the movie is the cause of the person's next action. Just like the short skirt is not the cause of a rape, it is an excuse by someone else post hoc to say, well, that's why I did it. Right. But you know what? I, I think we've we've beat this horse enough and everything else. <laughs> I do have one thing to say about media and the the immediacy our media has and this is a good thing today there was a kickstarter that was launched to basically bring back reading rainbow mm -hmm. great show encouraged literacy they were asking for a million dollars in less than 24 hours they have surpassed that million dollars mm -hmm. this is fucking awesome <laughs> This is the power of media. Right. Because they're bringing it back with LeVar Burton. They're making it so that it can go into schools with, you know, the internet and everything else. This is brilliant. The wonderful thing about reading Rainbow is it's not the phonics or fundamentals of, you know, A for Apple or, and it's, it's just saying there's a lot of joy to be found in reading and, and getting into these stories and investing yourself. Yeah. That's why... I know some people who are high school teachers who are work with remedial kids and when they're working with these kids, they're going to teach things like when the Lord of the Rings movies were out, they were going to read Lord of the Rings because that's what was popular at the time. That's a way to get them in. Harry Potter was a great way of getting kids excited about reading again. They wanted to get into this fantasy and re reading Rainbow really kind of focuses on that idea of how much joy and enjoyment can come from just reading a story you don't yep. have to have it as pictures on a screen one one thing i want to note there were at least three people who gave more than ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars to reading rainbow well from what i heard there's a little bit of a selfish motive in there because if you gave like a huge amount i think it was ten thousand dollars you got like a personal dinner with lavar burton okay. and you got to war his visor from Star Trek Next Generation. Well, there, yeah, the 10000 there is the ultimate Star Trek Geordie's visor package. <laughs> she and her friend will be his personal guest to a private dinner, which had one, and it's still open. So okay. if you have $10,000, you can go have dinner with LeVar <laughs> Burton. But there is also three backers, so there's two left at the $10,000 level, that where he will go and visit the school of your choice. Yeah. This is awesome. 
education. It is the one thing in the world that nobody can ever take away from you. <laughs> and probably and, why I've got so many degrees. Well, also, <laughs> we've seen so much with how kind of ed educated people correlate with less bigoted. Educated people mm -hmm. correlate with less extreme in their religious beliefs. Not not saying that all educated people are atheists, but people who are educated and still religious tend to be less extreme. All that kind of stuff to show just how important it is for everybody to get at least some kind of basic education, whether it's getting involved in reading and knowing how to empathize with someone else through a story or being intelligent enough to realize that the sun does not go around the earth or, you know, those kind of public opinion polls where you find out just how uneducated people can be. Yeah. You can also be a more educated voter, whether or not you're fiscally conservative or fiscally liberal, you're still going to think of both sides and want to come to a conclusion that will work and can pass and help the most amount of people. It doesn't have to be us versus them, whether it's religion or politics, or it doesn't have to be men versus women. Right. And this is kind of my final thoughts on this is read and investigate before mm -hmm. you start writing your, your ranty blog posts or your, <laughs> your Facebook message. It's important to be able to see where it came from, how it evolved, what other people are saying, even the points that you disagree with. I vehemently disagree with most MRA sites. Mm -hmm. I went and I read them anyways. So because... you can understand why they keep saying the things they do. Right. And a lot of it is quote mining. Oh, look, we're going to pick this one sentence out of 141 pages of ranting. Mm -hmm. We're just going to ignore the rest of that stuff because it doesn't fit with our, <laughs> our model. You know, the other side of this is pay attention to your friends and family. If you've got a friend or a family member who is hurting, who is, you know, not doing well, go call them, say hi, invite them mm -hmm. out for coffee. The world is a better place if we treat everybody the way we wish to be treated. Yeah. You know, go and extend that friendly hand. You might be saving a life or more lives because <laughs> like Schrodinger's rapist, Kind of, kind of turn this around. You don't know what somebody is capable of. True. And that's kind of my like, mm -hmm. you know, call your old college buddy back up and say, "Hey, I've missed you." And you know, we skeptics can be all snarky about Bigfoot and aliens and all that, but a lot of times these the basic tools of questioning, investigating, comparing notes and looking at the actual numbers and doubting the first impression, all that kind of stuff really can come in handy in evaluating a situation like this and avoiding a situation like this. If you know, you see flags are like, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything because, Oh, you know, um, I don't want things to be awkward. Well, yeah, may, that's probably why you should. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, if, if you're reading a story about it, you're like, well, my first impression is, well, the guy can't be, too bad or some people on the other side of this are saying oh he's just a monster who snapped he's just a crazy guy 
that's dismissing too much of the history of what this guy has been pounded into his head of the privilege, the entitlement, the men are better kind of stuff for years and years and years. Then you can say, I understand what led from A to B, that there was a path. It just wasn't, it wasn't this immediate kind of snap all of a sudden that these things have reasons why, and you can understand that so that we can avoid it in the future. Yeah. We tend to take things as not serious. If you've got a friend who, who is posting stuff that looks like it's starting to get serious, call them, ask them about it, ask their friends what their experiences mm -hmm. are. I recently had a friend that I thought was committing suicide because she asked me a, some very pointed questions about wills and autopsies. And do and you want my stereo? <laughs> well, no. And, and unfortunately, I replied to her under the influence of NyQuil because if you can't tell, I've had an upper respiratory infection. So I typed out this whole long thing about, well, this is what happens in an autopsy and da-da-da-da and all of these things. You know, So I typed this all out. A couple hours later, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> You know, and then I spent the next two hours trying to get a hold of my friend who was all like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> if people are asking those creepy weird questions or are posting this stuff, go and find out, people. Mm -hmm. This guy had posted this stuff online. And when he started to get asked about it, he immediately pulled it down. And he, yes, he lied. And he said, oh, no, I'm fine. Da, 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 da. Everything's great. You know, blah, 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 blah. If house taught us anything, it's that everybody lies. Yes, exactly. I thought it was just the doctor who lied. <laughs> Ten points for the crazy. <laughs> well, I, I, I know I said this earlier, but in addition to paying attention to what you people you know are posting to look for warning signs... There's also the kind of things of, I am very thankful to my female friends who have had the courage to either come out about an assault or come out about just the day-to-day -day crap that they go through that me as a, you know, the only minority group I have ever belonged to is atheists. I am a straight white male. I'm even I'm even more of a part of the majority because I'm also an overweight American straight white male, which is the majority now. So when someone posts about, you know, things I know about, but, you know, I, I had to park, make sure that I parked at work under a light, that I couldn't park on the fourth floor of the parking garage because that's too long of a walk. Yeah. That reminds me of just what someone else has to go through. Just like when I was driving through Pennsylvania with an African-American friend in his nice, pretty SUV, and we got pulled over for no fucking reason whatsoever, I was pissed on his behalf. And being able to understand that that is what black people go through each and every day. They get followed around 7-Elevens and, and all that. We need people to speak up about those kind of things and tell their stories despite the fact that the blogosphere is going to blow out up at you because you don't have proof that you were raped at such and such convention. doesn't matter. Right. Tell your story and say, this happened to me, w whether or not it goes forward to full on charges or not. It is amazing to me, the courage to come forward and tell people about that. And it helps a confront these men's rights assholes 
who think that there is no problem, but also reminds the everyday people who just don't have that experience like I don't of what other people go through. Right. Well, like my prime example that I give people lately was I was at a film event and I had a very interesting conversation with somebody, very interesting conversation with a guy about the history of film. And we were talking about our favorite films and this and da, 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 da. And I don't know how, what happened. Like I, he didn't ask me to dinner or anything, but he just said, Hey, I've really enjoyed this. Can I call you later? And my husband walked up, he walked <laughs> up and all of a sudden it was, I was like, Oh, here, meet him. Here he is. And all of a sudden the guy shut up because he was talking to another man's property. Yeah. I wasn't looking for a date with him. He wasn't <laughs> looking for a date with me. But he was more respectful of me being married. And therefore, he couldn't talk to me. Because, you know, I don't know. It's suddenly 1846. <laughs> but this is the type of stuff. Guess what? It pisses women off. No. Yeah. Guess what? We can talk about things other than shoes. <laughs> yes, I own Louis Vuittons and I know what they are because they're really great shoes. But I'm not fucking obsessed with shoes. I buy a pair of shoes because I need them for an event. <laughs> and I need to be taller because I'm five foot two. It, it doesn't help that men's fashion, there's a lot, it's a lot simpler. There's a lot less choices. There's either basically your basic black suit, your basic brown suit, your basic blue suit and black shoes or brown shoes. And the only thing you really get to decide on is what tie are you going to wear? It's a lot simpler. And unfortunately it doesn't make any sense, but it's also a lot cheaper. Yes. I mean, granted, like you, if you want a good suit, you pay kind of through the nose to make sure you get a good suit that's well tailored and all that. But compared to say like a wedding gown or a prom dress no. or something, okay, let me, let me give you a clue what women insane. have to go through. So, <laughs> First off, if you find the dress, you have to have the appropriate undergarments, including whether or not your bra is strapless, one strap, X across the back, regular straps across the back, how wide, all of this. So you got all of that to worry about. And color. <laughs> right. Because if you're wearing a black dress, you don't want a white bra underneath. You have to have a black bra so it all kind of fades in. And then there's these great things. It's called Spanx, mm -hmm. which I think is the German word for torture device. Because <laughs> what it does is it just squishes everything in like a modern day corset, only without the boning and the twine <laughs> to hold it together. It's all this elastic thing. So you can't breathe in it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your choice of whether or not. And Spanx come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. They go from literally body suits to just this kind of extended underwear package that goes up underneath your cute little bra mm -hmm. that you've had to buy for this dress that you don't want to wear to an event that you don't want to go to. Where a guy just, all he needs is his 30 pairs of tidy whities that he wears on rotation. <laughs> right. Oh, no, it gets worse because then you get into whether or not you're wearing nylons versus pantyhose 
versus the garter belt because if you're only wearing nylons, the thigh highs tend to not stay up the whole night. So you really do need the garter belt at that time to make sure that those nylons stay up in addition to the shoes. Whether or not you've got a platform versus a wedge versus this versus that, it's fucking insane. And then we're not even getting into hair, jewelry, and makeup. <laughs> this is just to get dressed. Right. So, guys, when your woman asks you to go shopping with her, say yes to the first dress and understand that she is going to have a lot more to buy just after the dress. Says the woman who really doesn't care about shoes. She's still, you're still in that world where if you're at a formal event, that's kind of expected of you. Despite yeah. the fact that you might like to wear, be dressed up and all that at a formal event, it's still a, a major undertaking. Yes, it is. And guess what, guys? It's a pain in the fucking ass. Mm -hmm. Okay, it really, really is. So, when she says that she's eat, not eaten for three days, so those spanks are not quite hugging as tight. Guess what? There is a reason why she's grumpy. Please give her ginger ale and crackers. But she also really shouldn't have to go through that. She shouldn't, but guess what? It's that societal expectation and the societal contract. Yeah. That is a vast conspiracy. Yes. What this guy did and the fact that it actually happened was not a conspiracy. No, it's a fucking nut job who believed that he deserved more because of his station. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the people who think that... It was a false flag operation or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. In this, you know, it's not even 24 hours. It, it wasn't even 24 yeah. hours after the event happened that we were starting to hear, you know, the Elliot Rogers truthers. Guess what? If you have to put the name truther in front of you, <laughs> guess what? Mm, I'm willing to bet just that crap crazy. Yep. And enough of that. I think that we've, again, beat this dead horse. <laughs> Uh, reading Rainbow, Reading Rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> um, and the Reading Rainbow thing is actually going on, I believe, for the next 34 days. Let's let's help them raise some more money. It is a really good cause. Getting kids to read and to enjoy books, it's an amazing thing. Go out and support good causes of education. And there is nothing better than to be able to sit down with a good book on a rainy day with your cup of hot chocolate. That's like one of the, the ultimate guilty pleasures. Yeah. Because you don't have to be in your living room and away. You you can be anywhere you want to be. As, as, as debilitating as it can be, there's something nice about having a good book over, which mm -hmm. is kind of the, the sleepy, horrible feeling you have from having stayed up way too late reading the book. Yes. <laughs> so... Amongst all that, can you distill down something that we have learned today? <laughs> so, what did we learn today? We learned that Ruby's pain Scott still managed to work and have a husband. Imagine that. Work and be married. No, that's not possible. Well, according to the Australian government at the time, no, it wasn't. Boo for Australia, but congratulations on keeping that horrible secret. <laughs> 
We also learned that it shouldn't take a mass murderer on a spree for the 24-hour news cycles to get off the Malaysian flight, but when you read the vast amount of information and conspiracy theories and ideas and beliefs about this tragic event, it's hard to believe that people can read his manifesto and come to a conclusion that he was gay or that he wasn't a misogynist. It's in his own words why he did it, and this is why we need Reading Rainbow to come back because reading comprehension is something that we can all use more of. So support Reading Rainbow on Kickstarter and you might just be able to contradict an ideologue, ideologue who can't read that well. Wow. You actually took some breaths in there. I counted. <laughs> Yay. So this is the end of episode 164 and I believe it is now time for us to say goodnight. Bye-bye. Thanks, Donna. Bye. Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 